My name is Ginger Donnell. I am host and creator of Broken Boxes Podcast. I just wanted to start this special podcast out by um, acknowledging the Pinasco Theater Collective and all of their work. And I also wanted to take a minute to um, say what the project intention settings are for Broken Boxes. As we move into new work, I just wanted to set some clarity and hold some space uh, about what the, what the intention of this project is um, and what it hopes to bring. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> the intention of Broken Boxes podcast project and any accompanying text or exhibitions is to center indigenous artists, activist focus artists, queer, trans, non-binary artists, women identifying artists, and artists of color, and mixed, lost, or stolen heritage artists. This project does not support or promote any one human experience above or instead of any other. And the approach is to engage in alliance through sharing experience of the artist's process, unfolding all the layers it takes to make each artist a unique creative force, focusing on the complexity of existence as the beauty of existence. This project explores the points of intersection we all share as intricate human beings and humbly strives to find viable approaches to move forward and see each other in ways that may promote safe space, healing, and solidarity. At all times, considerations and respect is taken for the featured artists, their work, their story, and their self-identification processing. This project centers artists whose stories are complex, non-linear, and multifaceted. Artists whose narratives challenge a society's predetermination of them. This project acknowledges that there are multiple layers of trauma to work through in relationship to existing in the in-between spaces of an oppressive society. And this project focuses to respect that vulnerability with this in mind, Broken Boxes aims to hold safe space for artists to archive their stories and to provide a platform for them to speak about their work and lives without any imposed narrative or proposed approach to format. The space developed for sharing in this way has the goal to also provide insight and inspirations to those engaging in the project as listener or viewer contributing to support cognition for their own existence and contributing to less isolation, anxiety, and hesitation when working through the daily deconstructions of an oppressive patriarchal society. Well, I'll introduce myself. My name is India, and I am teaching at this camp. And I have the opportunity to ask Frere some questions, who is one of the organizers of the camp, um, the Pinasco Teen Camp. Um, so, hello, Frere. Thank you for for willing being willing to go first. 
Um, okay, so my first question is, um, I just would like to just start with, if, could you just talk a little bit about this space, the Penasco Theater? Yes, so um, the Penasco Theater was built in the 1930s uh, as a movie theater. Um, and then through a series of events was eventually purchased by its current owner who um, runs the space along with um, the newly formed Penasco Theater Collective um, as an art space, uh, a theater space, a space where youth camps are held, um, classes and circus arts. Um, people can come here and do artist residencies as well. Um, so it's sort of like a multidisciplinary art space um, that is, uh, the movie screen is still up, but now it has also become a practice space and a community sharing space. Great. Um, so what, what about this particular camp, this teen camp? Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so this, we, we titled this the Teen Multidisciplinary Arts Camp. Um, and the theme this year is the Alternative Archive. The original name was the Alternative Future Past Archive. Um, and every year the, the camps have a theme, but that happens to be this year's theme. And the idea about that is that we are all archives. Our bodies have a lot of information in them. Um, and also we are all storytellers to a certain degree. And we have a lot of different mediums to do that and also different traditions and practices. Right. Um, so um, why, do you, why is it important to have this space? Why, why, why do we have it? Um, I think for a lot of different reasons. I think one, it's organized because the teachers and facilitators also have the desire to create alternative youth spaces where we're able to talk about different intersecting issues and processes that maybe aren't represented in um, other settings that we work in. And uh, in particular, talking about the archive, um, that it's really important to record these alternative spaces that we create. Uh, and I think also a lot of the young people who have come, who are also listening to this interview and in the room with us right now, um, are being asked to engage with this understanding of how do we talk about what the archive is beyond just things in a file mm -hmm. or kept in a document and how we are oftentimes living archives. Um, and we all have a lot of um, knowledge that we're developing and learning and challenged and um, have a lot of complexity around. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, so I know that the theater has gone through some significant changes recently um, in the way that you all are structured and work. Can you talk a little bit about that and the importance of those changes? Yeah, none of them are super immediate changes because everything is a process and we always recognize as busy people, as creative people, um, that there isn't enough time. We're always like, oh, this takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time to create an alternative um, and an, a lot of dedication. And so right now we're looking and operating as a collective and trying to find other collective and cooperative models to run the theater and our programs so that we can kind of 
restructure away from uh, hierarchy and into um, areas where the way that we're functioning as also um, an entity that requires money and requires um, a lot of different kinds of interactions to keep this space physically running. Um, and that is complicated and challenging. Um, and so how do we want to curate a space on our own terms and together as people who come from different places that have different ideas about how to do that, but also have a shared value system of um, creating an alternative to what we dominantly experience in our work lives or our creative lives um, in terms of how things have been um, geared towards capitalism, geared towards certain white supremacist models and things like that. Like, how do we want to, how do we want to do it differently? How do we want to embody um, our, our needs um, by how we structure this? Hmm. Are there any um, resources that have been helpful with that? I think that we are each other's resources, but also looking at local resources, looking at, um, you know, who is in our area, what is possible, what is missing, um, what do we need to change, um, and that we are each other's resources. I think that in such a big way, like as people who live on the margins to different degrees, um, that we, we're each other's survival. Um, and I think that we recognize that we are a support system for each other and that we can also create and utilize support systems that either we want or are already existent and that that's sometimes a complicated conversation. Um, sometimes we fail and sometimes we succeed at that. Um, yeah. <clears throat> um, great, and then thank you. So you've talked about this space, well you shared that um, you intentionally um, have brought queer and trans um, teachers of color to be the facilitators of the space and um, can you share some about why that's important that choice yeah um, so I feel like that was it was a complicated choice but I feel like we really believe that um, queer and trans people of color and knowing that that is that's sort of an umbrella label that does not at all encompass the complexity of our identities and experiences, um, but it's a it's a tool, um, and that under that word that and that label that we use as a tool um, that queer people of color have a lot of knowledge to offer um, and are really dedicated. I feel like the people we've invited here are extremely dedicated to their practices, to their value systems, to their um, the complexity of their cultural lineages and what that looks like in terms of um, the historical inheritances that we have. Um, and that, that is powerful and it's often not represented. Um, I think many of us work in spaces where we do not see ourselves mirrored back and we have to hold a lot of space and do a lot of work. Um, and that that needs to be recognized and also it's like a, it can be, not always, um, a rejuvenating process to be with people that you feel seen by or can hold you and, and what you are bringing, even if it's not the same as what they are bringing. Um, and so we just, we really, we also just really believe in queer people of color. We really believe in that and um, 
want that to be represented in our spaces. And so we chose to make that very intentional this year. Last question, what do you think the space has to offer within this space and outside of the space? I think, I think of ripples. Um, I think that there are really amazing young people here who are um, really gifted and special and weird and um, that we want to hold those things as valuable, um, that we all have a lot of gifts and I think I said before that um, archives are also about stories and you know we're stories um, as much as we are our identities, as much as we are the words we use to describe ourselves, like in terms of our social labels or what we mark out on a form, we're first our, um, our stories and we're first the complexities we bring and our, and our journeys. Um, and that this is, this is one small place this is one place that we, we create, understanding that it's not the be-all, end-all, that it's not everything, but it's one version of what is possible. And there's so many ways that this space um, can and should grow and change, but this is where we are now. Um, and that story is also important. Um, and I also believe that we, we come together and then we spread apart again. And it's like, what do we bring to those spaces um, that we enter when we're alone after being in a space like this and with what we learn? And those, those things are quiet sometimes, those things are loud, sometimes those are seen, sometimes those things are not seen, um, but they're still valuable. Thanks so much for the teachers and also one of the co-directors of the Penasco Theater Teen Multidisciplinary Arts Camp. Um, and I am interviewing India Davis. Is that the right name I should use for you? Awesome. That's fine. Great. I'm interviewing India Davis um, and about how she practices um, this notion of the archive. Um, so how do you use the physical body as an archive? Um, so I use the physical body as an archive. I do, um, I'm a dancer and I use a different apparatuses, pole, um, aerial apparatuses. I also do acrobatics and create um, dances, um, physical narratives, stories, sometimes I do photography or film and sometimes it's live but a lot of my work is channeled through my own body so um, I see the body as an, an archive as in it has a lot of knowledge and memory in it 
mean, literally, I've inherited this body from my ancestors physically. I wouldn't be here was it not for their like blood and bones and parts. And like I inherited it from all, all of those um, that have come before me. Um, and so it's a physical archive. And I also believe that um, our memories and our experiences are carried through the body. So when I'm working with my body, um, I think I'm tapping into that and also tapping into just like the knowledge that the body has, which I think is a lot. Um, yeah, so I'm wondering if you want to talk more about that. Like, what are you archiving with your physical body? Like, what am I creating? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, I create, um, like I said, dances, but um, I feel like there's my focus, at least for the last four years, have been, has been a lot on, like, queer, black, femme, experience, be it my own or people that I'm working with in different groups and collectives, um, s telling stories and also tapping into um, uh, just like history and um, different kinds of, um, be them deities or powers that are ancestral um, powers or also archetypes of, um, be it like an archetype of femininity or an archetype of, um, I don't know, water. Um, but definitely the, I feel like the work that I have been making, the dances are, um, I see them as being spells or spell work for um, putting, um, putting like ideas and putting um, life into the world that, um, you know, I feel like needs to be there. So that's like messages from ancestors, messages maybe from the future, messages um, from myself, messages from my community, and trying to harness those things and then put them out into the world through performance. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, more about, I'm wondering like more about like what, what you are embodying through your practice and um, that like cultural social significance. Like specifically? Mm -hmm. um, I would say significantly a lot of the things that come up for me aesthetically that I think um, have been, that I've been able to draw from are um, working with the Orishas. Um, and I feel like aesthetically, like those are I feel like aesthetically, like those are specific, like gods and goddesses, um, spirits that like I'm able to recognize and then um, understand and work with. And there's like many, many, many Orishas, um, and they come out of like the Yoruba tradition, but then also have changed and um, as they've come to the Americas through a lot of different cultural and like spiritual practices. Um, and so like will show up in a lot of different ways and so that's one way for me to understand like what it is I'm working with it's just like okay if I have a vision of something then I'll start to pull like okay some cultural significance of what that might mean or spiritual significance of what that might mean drawing off of the knowledge that I have learned um, through my own like studies and through um, the people that are around me and 
and then also queer culture, like club culture, um, like being like in clubs and uh, being really influenced by that as like sacred space and um, really powerful space. And so like creating performances specifically for those spaces and being like inspired to create performances specifically from those spaces. And I think that lineage, you know, spans back, you know, much further than of course my lifetime and like it goes back way way far into the <laughs> the beginning of the universe I think so um, there's something special about those spaces and I think that's significant to like my own like my own origin story of where I come from and also the work that I do um, yeah and just looking at the way in which that we can um, create like new mythologies for ourselves that are drawing from uh, like ancient and old and not not so ancient mythologies that are that feel good and feel true for like my experience or the experiences of people that I'm working with or experiences that I'm noticing happening or that I would like to see or that I think are interesting. Yeah, it sounds like you are holding a lot for sure and that you know when we were going over these questions like asking also, what is challenging about this work for you? Mm, challenging, I mean, it's like one step at a time. Physically, it's challenging. It's taken me years and years and years to um, have enough strength to do a lot of the things that I do. Like when I first started, I couldn't do anything and it was really hard. Like I wasn't someone that like had a body that was like just naturally gonna do these things. And so it took a lot of time for me physically to 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 be able to just like train my body and like my intentions have like changed over time of like what I want to do with my own body. Um, so that's one challenge. I think another challenge is just like finding space. That was a really hard for a long time, finding enough space. I mean, I live in Oakland, California, and it's very expensive there. Just having space enough to rehearse, um, like, when I first started with one of the collective's body waves, we would like rehearse in like ridiculous spaces because we there was like really no other option um, and make like work in really precarious spaces and like you know try and make it happen and you can totally make it happen, but finding space and then you know um, and then just like figuring out how to make your ideas happen and work with other people can be really challenging too. Um, and so like try to figure out like there's always like a lot of things to navigate and you're always going from always changing and going somewhere new so like just trying to stay on top of that and like also you know it's a lot of sacrifices are made in order to make something that you want to see in the world real when it's not already existing be that like your own physical sacrifices be that financial sacrifices be that sacrifices of time of like how much time do you have to commit to doing this sometimes it's all of it <laughs> and that's great when you're excited about what you're doing um what is the act of creating or curating for you so the act of curating and creating is a lengthy process and it's kind of like making um a lot of different things it's like making a potion so you have to think about all the elements that, that are gonna be present that will make the space energized and will make it 
like whole and feel complete. And so that when I think about curating, it's like literally you're creating, you're creating a container for people to walk into and to have an experience within. And so I don't have any control over what that experience is, but I do want people to have an experience. And so I feel like my intention is to bring in different elements that are exciting and that kind of balance out. So it's, I mean, reflective in uh, nature, it's reflected in the way that we understand stories, um, you know, beginning, middle, and end. It's reflected in just like what excites people and like what like calms people and what um, you know, what makes people feel. So in curating curating experience, I'm always thinking about like who the audience is, like who I want to have represented, um, and and also like what those people are bringing and how to kind of like try to amplify it as much as possible so that it has a large impact. Did my ancestors interpret my character? Bound to be stuck with. Turned in feet. Brown hair. Lopsided shoulders. And creaky bones. Big eyes stare down to the scar-filled thighs. Why do my mistakes define me? An archive of words. Th thoughts unheard. My mind a territory, unexplored. Callous-covered hands writing the letters on this page. Creating words unspoken. Unheard is soon. Unexplored is now. Unspoken is then. I always was pretty shy around other people. That's probably why writing comes so easily to me. I always felt that when I write, I can say my whole opinion, and other people will listen to me. I've never known what to say to people or when to say it, so I've always just listened, observed. I realized not too long ago I didn't really want to talk to people. I just wanted to learn, learn about people, learn about human behavior. Over the years, I have learned a lot about people, why they act the way they do. For example, I realized that a person's be personality comes from how they were raised, where they grew up, how many siblings they have. I realized everyone expresses their emotions differently, and everyone expects to be treated differently. The most interesting thing to me is that di when different people come together, so many different personalities interact. That's what I find amazing about school. Classes. Usually in school, all the personalities come together and become different depending on the different people they are with. I am kind of straying away from the theme of this podcast, but that is what happens when I start to write. I just start with a theme, then all my thoughts spread around the page. I forgot to mention personalities are complicated, and that I don't think that I know everything about everyone. I'm just saying that personalities come from the roots, and everyone is different.
question. No. That's why we're going I'll answer the book question. She's recording this. She is. Yeah. <laughs> I'll answer the book question. Well, yeah, we all know you're going to answer the question. Oh. The other questions. We each have to answer two questions, or one of us has to answer, like, multiples, because there's... So I'm going to do a practice, and I want you to listen what it sounds like. You don't have to say anything or do anything. Just put these on your head. Okay. So how do you feel about media today and how it makes you feel? Um, I would say that media can be helpful, and it's a really good way to make your voice heard, but, but, it's, also a good, but it's also a way to push people down and like control people in some ways through advertisements through the fact that news only shows like one side of the story and that if that media is a very useful tool but you kind of have to go looking for something if you actually want to find the truth through media I'm reading on behalf of Skenaudi Gray, uh, who is a youth that lives in Española, New Mexico. Uh, he identifies as Mohawk from upstate New York, Eastside tribe. Uh, he likes to think, uh, likes to wear sunglasses, likes looking at stuff like nature because it gives presence. <clears throat> what is respect? You could say that respect is helping an old lady across the street or bringing your neighbor his mail. That's not respect. Those are examples of what you would do if you had respect for someone. You should have respect for anyone from the moment you meet them to the moment they give you a reason not to respect them. Just like you wouldn't judge a book by its cover, even if they give you a reason for disrespect, being nice is always easier than getting into fights. If someone respected everyone, the world would be a much more peaceful place because then nobody would be fighting because everybody would be nice and respect each other. I believe this because in my own experiences, staying cool and calm is way better than getting all heated and busting people in the jaw. I'm Hope Orange. I'm 14 years old. I live in El Rito, New Mexico, and I happen to be Cheyenne um, because I know that Ginger, there's a lot of indigenous people, so yeah, okay. So, um, so we're talking about archives a lot this week, and I think that as my own and my family's archive and just my friends and everything, I feel like I have the ability and the need to question everything. And yes, okay, I constantly find myself questioning everything. My my mom and my brother and I, we like to... Um, stay up really late and talk about crazy stuff and sometimes really simple stuff but we would like 
talk about the universe and quantum physics and different universes and everything like that. And it was always really fun and I loved it because I really like like talking deeply about stuff because I never feel quite satisfied with like small talk, which is probably why I'm bad at it. But um, recently, I think the biggest question in my mind has been whether I consider it a gift or like a problem because though questioning is good and great and I love it and looking back on things and like looking forward and on the bigger picture I feel as if I think too much about certain things like recently I've been struggling with it so much that I'm concerned that it might have morphed into less of a thinking a lot thing and more into a worrying thing like anxiety or something you never know but no matter what it is I think that I'm always gonna be grateful to have it and I'm always gonna be grateful of who gave it to me which was my mom coincidentally not really coincidentally <laughs> my mom has always been a very static yet controlled being and I think and I hope that she passed that on to me she's like for example, everything will be pro perfectly fine, and we'll all be great, and she'll be gone for a day, and everything will go to hell, and our house will set on fire, and then she's back, and she immediately takes care of the problem. And I really um, admire that ability, and it's kind of concerning that we need her to be okay, but it's nice. Um, I think that without acknowledging it sometimes, but I think, well, let me restate this. I think she's always been, whether I've acknowledged it or not, my biggest role model. Uh, she's very much wanderlust, or she's very, a one, she's a very wanderlusted person. She's never quite satisfied with her location. And I think that kind of comes back to thinking about everything. Like, hmm, I don't know. I get it. I get my wanderlust from her. It, it, I like constantly feel like I need to move or do something, be it like a big change or a small change. Um, I'm like <laughs> constantly rearranging my room because I'm never quite satisfied with it. And kind of going back to whether I think it's a gift or like uh, a curse, I've wondered I've been wondering whether or not I enjoy it. I, I, I think at this point in time, I really enjoy it. Because, I mean, most of the time, I love thinking about, like, why I'm here on Earth, why we're all here, like, why I need to breathe, all of that stuff. But sometimes when I look around and everyone around me is thinking and worrying about, like, day-to-day, week-to-week things, I kind of wish that I could just be satisfied with thinking about that and not, like... Why we die? How we die? Um, so though this is definitely going to change in the near future, probably tomorrow, right now, I'm gonna say that I'm grateful that I can think like that. And, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it has something, it might, you know, it might have something to do with my age. Because, like, at this stage of my life, everything is always so confusing 
and chaotic. I haven't quite figured out like all my goals and my passions and I haven't even quite figured out myself. It's kind of obvious. So if that's true, then would that mean that later in my life I wouldn't think like this? I wouldn't be able to or I wouldn't want to? So I don't know. I'm not... I'm gonna say that I'm not quite happy to report, but I am something that I can't think of that that I hope it's not the case and that I want more people to think like I do or maybe they do and I just too scared to find out like if they don't <laughs> I'll be looked at odd or should I care <laughs> what should I care about you can see where I'm going I'm in a little bit little pickle but that is my that is the gift that I think my mother passed on to me and I want to pass on to other people and things and okay that's all I'm done goodbye um so I guess my code name is Bubbles and I live in Ojasarco, New Mexico. It's a little village and that's in New Mexico. And I've grown up in a very unique town, I guess. There's a lot of different types of people and I think that it's really cool to see all of the different groups that are around here. My code name is Luna, and I live in a small village in New Mexico. Hi, my name is BMO, and I live in Española, New Mexico, and yeah. So maybe before we start, explain mm -hmm. how you're doing the questions. That okay, might be fun. so we're going to be asking some questions, and what we'll do is the interviewer will pull a name from a hat, and that person is going to answer the question, and if anybody else has an answer to that question, just free feel to answer. So, Luna, how... Do you use the knowledge you gain from book reading to help yourself in your life? Well, I there's my favorite book character. Her name is Luna Lovegood. She's from Harry Potter. And her personality is kind of that she doesn't care what people think of her. So that's what I try to... I try to not care what people think of me and just be myself no matter who's watching. Do you think that... Without reading these books, you would have a larger or smaller world view, and how have the books changed your world view? I think they've helped me to see how other people live their lives and kind of understand what other people might be feeling, even if I'm very different from them. So, I got bubbles out of the hat, so was there a transformative moment in your life? Um, 
there have been a couple of transformative moments in my life, I guess. One of them was my decision to get away from the Penasco High School because there were just so many negative people and it was making me feel bad about myself and just not very happy. And there's a lot of little moments that I make decisions, just just little ones, but all added up, changed me as a person. How did it change you? Um, it, gen it makes me, f most of them are decisions to stand up for myself or stand up for people around me, even though I know I'll be ridiculed for it. So it just helps me believe in myself more and makes me stronger as a person. How do you use your skills from your ancestors in today's society? Um, well, I guess the Incas or Mayans were really good at building and architecture, and I'm really good at that. And yeah, um, it kind of sparked when I got was introduced into Legos, and then I was introduced to drawing and then 3D printing. So, yeah. Would you say that it is particularly useful? Yeah, because that's what I want my career to be, architecture. And, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add about what kind of architecture or anything maybe to that last question? Um, well, I want to build houses and homes for people who don't really have homes and stuff. Um, so BML, does your music influence you and if so, how? Well, my music definitely influences me because it helps me with my acting skills and singing skills and yeah, I'm a musician too. I'm a drummer, so uh, listening to songs that have drums, beats, and stuff in it really helps. Tell me about how music like No Effects and Weens affects the way you view the world. Um, well, I really don't listen to No Effects, but um, Queen, I don't know. He's did you? Um, yeah, I don't know, it just influences me because, well, his music has a lot of meaning into it, and everyone loves him, and then he also has some power in what he says and his performances. So, <laughs> um, so this is for Luna. Um, oh, what do you get up in the morning? What do you get up for in the morning? I'd say I get up in the morning so that I can read books, and that really interests me. And also, I like to, I'm writing a book, so reading books and then having ideas and writing down my ideas into the story that I'm writing. Why? Well, I guess because 
books are interesting to me. They kind of, I think they kind of make me who I am because I read different books and have ideas from them of different ways that I think I can be, like I said about Luna and wanting to be like her. This question is for Bubbles. What would you ask your ancestors if you could talk to them? Um, I'd want them to share their life experience with me, just what they did in their life, good decisions they made, bad decisions they made, just life experience to help me in my life. Why? Um, mostly just because I think that there's a lot of things you can learn from the past, mistakes that don't need to be repeated, or good things that they did that maybe I'd want to follow in their footsteps for. Okay, so this one's, I guess, for both of you. I don't know. I've asked you each a question, but... Yeah. Tell me about your mad skills, bruh. I don't know. I'm a drummer. I parkour, and I got some pretty mad skills. Well, I'm a pretty good writer, and I'm pretty good at acting and circus aerials. What advice would you give to yourself five years ago if you could go back in time? Um, I guess I would say that you are enough. It will be okay. Um, and I'm so glad to know you. Advice, it would be you got this. So I'm going to go around the room if you feel comfortable answering. You can do it. Don't worry, you get cooler. Um, I'd tell myself to stop dressing like that. <laughs> tell myself that you're enough and you can do it. And you, yeah, do what you want. And don't let other people bring you down because that sucks. You're great the way you are. Start writing. Believe in yourself. You're not as pathetic as you think you are. Everything is going to be fine. Easy go, little high, little low, and be 
reality. Open your eyes, look up to the skies and see. I'm just a Just killed a man Put a gun against his head Pulled my trigger, now he's dead Mama Life had just begun But now I've gone and thrown it all away Mama Mamma mia, mamma mia, let me go. Beelzebub has a devil born a 